Hello and welcome back to the Mandarin Blueprint podcast, episode 98 today. As usual, we're going to jump into a grammar point first, and then we're going to answer some of the wonderful emails and messages that we've had from you this week, just about general topics. And then we'll go into movies, which if you're not on the course, the Mandarin Blueprint method, uh, it's how we teach you characters, or rather it's, it's the method that we teach you how to learn characters yourself by using, <laughs> right? So it employs all sorts of memory techniques like memory palaces, uh, loci, these sorts of things. So um, we'll jump into that towards the end of the podcast. But for now, let's talk about a grammar point which you're all gonna find very useful. It's how it's uh, two words or two grammar structures to express the meaning of not only, but also. And uh, this would count uh, to a linguist or a grammarian or a language teacher. This would count towards uh, to them as a, a conjunction. This is the grammatical sort of word for it. We prefer the term connector. These are connectors uh, because the Chinese words, as you guys are familiar with by now, they tend to get more to the core of a meaning of a word. Um, much more clearly, as long as you know the characters for how the word, that, that make up the word. So conjunction in Chinese is lian si, literally connecting word. And that's what the conjunction does. It connects one part, one word or one phrase of the, la of, of the sentence to another part. So we like the term connectors. So these are words sort of like uh, and, or, because, uh, so let's jump into the first example sentence and show you how it works. The two words I'm going to talk to you about today to express this meaning of not only but also in Chinese are 不但 and 不仅, 不但, 不仅, and they're used in very similar ways. And this is the way the general structure goes for either of them, whether you're using 不但 or 不仅. It's subject and then 不但 or 不仅 and then element one and then Moreover, also element two. So let's look at example sentences. It's a lot more clear than just looking at that mathematical equation for how the grammar works, in my opinion, right? So let's move on. So this first sentence here, it's to do with 不但. In fact, we've got three sentences coming up just for this word, just to explain how it works. So this sentence is from level 33 of the Mandarin Blueprint method. And it goes like this. 有一天, one day, he not only fell ill, 而且, but it was also 病得很严重, severe. 有一天,他不但病了,而且病得很重. So there's, if you're experienced, a little bit more experienced with Chinese, you will notice that we shortened a couple of things there. So we can actually, the full word would for to fall ill would be 生病, literally to birth sickness, 生病, but we can drop the 生, uh, if you like, and also 很严重 is like the, uh, sort of, I guess you could, it's not really the full word, it's just two different ways of saying it. You know, 病得很重, it's just a way of saying serious illness. Um, you can also say 严重 as well, if you like, for a, a, a different way of saying that. Um, so this is saying 有一天, one day he not only fell ill, so 不但 is the not only here, 生病了, or 不但病了, 而且 he also 病得很严重, and notice here that the subject, the subject would be ta, the person that is doing the thing in the sentence, is placed before bu dan. Okay, we'll come back to this in just a little bit. That's the reason why I'm pointing that out. Okay, let's go to sentence two. 
So this sentence is a little bit longer. It's from level 36. It says, 没想到, which is how you say, to my surprise or to one's surprise, to his surprise. 没想到,花不但没有长出来, so the flowers did not only didn't bloom, 而且都死了, but also died. So this is saying, not only did I not get this terrible result, sorry, not only did I get not get this undesirable result, I got this awful result on top of that. It was like even worse than I originally suspected. Let's go through that one more time. So the expectation is, I want the flowers to bloom, but not only were my expectations not met, it was actually way worse than I could have hoped. 花不但没有长出来,而且都死了。So that is the same uh, idea that 不但 and 而且, or 不但, 而且, that's how they're used in conjunction. Now let's move on to sentence three, where we have a positive spin on this. So you can use it for negative things. Not only did this bad thing uh, happen, but it was actually worse than I originally <laughs> had hoped. Um, but it's, it can be used in the other way, a very positive way. So check this out. 他不但爱读书,而且喜欢唱歌. So imagine this is someone trying to explain how great this blind date might be, <laughs> right? Or something like that. This guy is awesome, because it's a, it's, a, it's a male, so it's Ta with the, the, the male version. So he not only loves reading, but also enjoys singing. You'll love this guy. 他不但爱读书,而且喜欢唱歌. Awesome. So that's how you do that with a single subject, just using 不但 and 而且. Let's move on to what to do with multiple subjects. So this would be 不但, and then subject one, and then the phrase, 而且, subject two, the phrase. So again, let's get away from these uh, mathematical equations. I like to show you them just so you can see, because some people find them very, very helpful. But uh, I personally like to move straight on to the example sentences. That's where the true acquisition takes place. In this next sentence, we wanted to share with you a very rare situation that might pop up, but if it does pop up, you wanna make sure that you get it right. So, so far, with a single subject, which is gonna be 95% of the time, you're gonna have one subject in a sentence. Uh, you know, I am going to do this. Uh, not only did my flowers, my flowers, not bloom, they also died. So you're only going to have one subject most of the time, but sometimes you want to have multiple subjects in a sentence. And only in that situation would you have 不但 before the subject. Okay, so let's check out this sentence uh, so you can see for yourself. It's a bit long, so we'll take it slow, okay? So sentence four. 不但我喜欢在家做饭，而且我的朋友们都喜欢在家做饭。Okay, so as you can see, you've got 我, that's one subject, me, and you've also got uh, 我的朋友们, they're also another subject. So as you can see, it's fairly rare, you wouldn't do this much, but when you do have multiple people that you're talking about, so 不但 me or you, 而且 someone else or something else as a, as a subject, um, then you would say 不但 before, but in every other situation, you would say, um, you would say 我不但, right? You would say 不但 after the subject, okay? So we like to be very thorough with these explanations. If we're going to talk about a grammar structure or a grammar word and explain how it works, we, we're going to explain it in as much detail as we can. So we say, okay, we have now explained how that word works. It is done. Now let's move on to the next word, okay? So um, not trying to confuse you by adding in these more obscure meanings, just saying, hey, 
it's true it exists that's that's a, that's the use of this but it might not come up very it won't come up very often at all okay let's move on to uh, a couple more sentences here because i want to compare budan and budin all right directly so let's have a look sentence five so this sentence the english that we're trying this is from level 15 the english that we're trying to explain here is this isn't only his problem it's also my problem so as you can see here we're using instead of using which means moreover uh, we're using which means also which is very similar it's very similar in meaning of course but yeah and hi these two meanings of also are more commonly connected with budin instead of budan but you can also sorry to confuse you but you can also use with budin it's just not as commonly combined with it so budin yeah or budin hai those are the more common structures let's look at this final sentence and see budin in action one more time but this time we're going to add in a lian into the sentence lian is basically the character that expresses the word the the meaning of even when you're trying to emphasize something in a sentence so let's check it out and then i'll do a bit more explanation for you Okay, so So this one is saying not only do they work weekdays, so working weekdays, so that's the structure, subject, yeah. So the lian there is adding that extra even to it. You don't actually have to have it in the sentence. It could just be xiu xi ye hui gong zuo. So it's, it's still having that, but also, but you're adding the lian to just add a little bit more oomph to it, a little bit more sort of, can you believe it? <laughs> they even work on weekends. Lian is used also with dou, so lian, shen shen dou, but we're not going to cover that specifically today. Uh, just keep an eye out for lian in your sentences and of course, bu dan and bu jin. And I'm sure after a few reviews of a few sentences, you'll really start to get the hang of this. And then you can start practicing it in the real world or with tutors. All right. So I hope that was helpful for you guys. Those two very important, very common structures there. Let's move on. So let's jump into the emails and messages we've had from you this week. And we'll start with uh, Jim, who occasionally sends us just a, an insightful email about he, he's been with us, or at least he was with us for a while, way back when we first released the course. And every now and then he'll get in touch and he'll share a thought that he's had about language learning. So here's what he sent us this week. Are there any differences between learning Mandarin to survive, as in survival Mandarin, and learning Mandarin to acquire it? I feel like when a person learns Mandarin to survive, they're not really emotionally or intellectually invested in the task and putting in the effort. Yes, I first of all, yes, uh, there's a big difference. But I think most people, or a lot of people, We'll start with the former, and it naturally turns into the latter, especially if they find our course <laughs> or uh, another product, that actually, another course that actually really works, and they, they feel like they're getting results. And they think, because I think most people jump into Chinese, um, or any language really, um, but especially Chinese, has this stigma of you'll never really be fluent, you'll never really be literate, which of course is nonsense. But it's a standard way we think. So we think, okay, well, I'm just going to go to China. I'll, before I go, I'll pick up some survival phrases so I can, you know, <clears throat> get by. Uh, but then you start to think, wait a minute. I really like these people. 
or wow, I want to learn what those squiggles mean. And you start getting more curious. And of course, you get the feedback from the people um, that you're communicating successfully. And you think, ah, maybe I can do this. And then you find a course or, or an app or whatever it is, or a, a, an audio program, whatever it is that you use that makes you think, ah, I'm learning. Uh, and then it turns from, I'm just going to get the basics, survival, to I'm going to see how far I can go with this. However, when someone is learning Mandarin to acquire it, they stick with it day in and day out. They show up to learn Mandarin every day on a regular basis. That's what I'm doing because I'm interested in learning about Chinese people. We all interact with or use language every day through reading, writing, typing, listening, and speaking. Thus, every day can be a day to learn Mandarin. It's, it's, it certainly has been for me as of late. The more you learn, the more you know, the more you will understand, and the more you will eventually be able to independently use yourself. All true. Mandarin is not only a foreign language for me, it's a familiar language. I am familiar with Mandarin, but I am not fluent with a high level of command. Yeah, and I think that speaks to the whole concept of you don't learn a language, you get used to it. That's just, It's a very, um, I wouldn't say famous, what's the word? It's a quote from Katsumoto from of uh, alljapaneseallthetime.com, which sort of stuck with me back in the early days when I was really quite struggling with Chinese. Um, so I was trying to learn it from a book instead of just absorbing it, exposing myself to it, and practicing it uh, through speaking and writing and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, I, I, I agree with that entire concept. And uh, your idea of every day can be a day to learn Mandarin. Yeah, um, I think people that start off with just survival or they join a university course, this is a very common thing because university courses in general are not good, uh, especially not in China. Uh, but like, I mean, uh, sorry, I can't say especially because the only experience I have personally with university courses learning Chinese is in China. So I'm just kind of biased, uh, but I'm assuming it's not that much better elsewhere. You know, because you don't learn a language by sitting in, um, you know, doing exams. You didn't learn English or your native language doing that. And, you know, you get, you get it. Most of the guys listen to this have heard me say this a million times, so I won't go on about it. But, yes, um, most of the, so the people that would, I'd say 90% of the people we came across during our university studies, they would, they would, their class time was their learning Chinese time. And then as soon as the bell went, for the, the day study being over, that's it. No more Chinese today. Woo, I can go get drunk. <laughs> so it's like a chore for them as well, instead of a way of life, something you knit, weave into every single day. Uh, so yes, thank you for that, Jim. Uh, it's an interesting insight. Next, we have TJ Chernick on phase three blueprint expansion. So the way the course works, we get phases. So pre-phase is pronunciation mastery, where you learn you know, all the basics of pronunciation. And then phase one is learning characters. And when you build up enough characters, you can start putting them together to make compound words. That's phase two. And phase three is really exciting because you start reading sentences. And a lot of them you can understand. So TJ says, I echo Andrew, echo, okay, so he's agreeing with Andrew Clapham. I'm not, sorry, I'm not sure what Andrew's saying, but. Uh, imagine it's something positive, judging by the rest of your comment. So he says, I'm so happy I trusted your guidance on the process. Due to the way we were all taught languages in school, there is such a strong natural sense to think, 
well, shouldn't we focus on this? Or, well, I spoke with a person who speaks Chinese and they said I should so-and-so. But I can now see how trust in the MB process is so important. I am pumped, capital letters, to take on the next phase. Thanks, guys. Yes, and we, uh, that is the, we, we were recently reviewed by alllanguageresources.com uh, and they gave us a very nice review and they clearly spent time with the course and it was, I was we were both very impressed and we, we wrote them an email to thank them. Um, but uh, they touched on something which I think is, is something that we struggle with, uh, with such a unique curriculum and such a dense curriculum with so much to learn, so many moving parts, is that in the early days, it can be it can be tough if you if because most people are used to the quick fix. You know, the certain app. I'm not going to mention any names, but you know, certain apps where you just you hit something, you get a nice sound, it gives you that feedback. It's all smooth. They spent you know hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of dollars developing this beautiful program, and it all looks good. But then after a, six months or a year, you start to feel like, well, I'm, I'm actually making real progress. Whereas ours is kind of the opposite. It's uh, all bootstrapped, you know, it, at the moment in its current form. It's a, it's a video platform. We also use Anki for our flashcards. And it's also, uh, we use Google Slides to explain other things. And, uh, you know, we, we communicate with people through email and all sorts of stuff. So it's all, it's all quite disparate. In, and there's a lot of techniques to learn in order to learn the language. So like the hands and move method, the character learning technique. Um, <clears throat> You have to unsuspend your cards yourself. There's a, lot, there's a lot of manual stuff going on. But if you get through, I say get through. <laughs> I'm not really not advertising ourselves. Well, am I? But you know what I mean. You, 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 you spend the time and the effort to grasp the techniques that you need to grasp for the first five, 10 hours of the course. And once you get through that, you start to realize, oh, this is actually working. And then six months, a year later, <laughs> you're just... You know, we get so many uh, reports and, and you've seen the case studies of people just like, I can read Chinese and I can read it without help. I can read, write, understand and speak it after like months or weeks even. And wow, I'm so glad that I spent the time. And tr again, like like TJ is saying here, so glad I trusted you. So it's, 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 a, it's a downside actually of the course, you know, because it, it takes patience in the beginning. Um, but once you get through that bit, you know, so that's what we're working on at the moment. It's just like, how can we make that first bit a little bit easier, a little bit, a little bit more straightforward, a little bit more like, hey, don't worry, guys, just hang in there. You know, um, <clears throat> might just delete this whole bit. <laughs> I don't know how bad this is sounding. It sounds in my head, sounds in my head that I'm I'm putting us in a good light, but maybe not. We'll see. The next comment here is from John Morrison, uh, who I recently interviewed, and uh, you can check out his uh, interview with me on our podcast sort of stream list, whatever you call it, or our YouTube channel. He says, I'm really enjoying these longer sentences. And now I'm able to read and write them all. Uh, yeah, and jo John is a, an example of someone that has tried to learn Chinese or you know, has learned to a decent level, but it's taken him many years and it's a lot of frustration and, and yeah, you know, and then he's, uh, he's found, he's found something that works for him. And he's really, and he looks like he's doing really well. Um, Irene Ong on level 13 complete. So this is the end of phase two. So this is also going into phase three. Um, I can see now, oh, sorry, I can see how happy you guys are to receive positive feedback that your students are progressing so well and learning from this innovative Mandarin blueprint method. It must be so fulfilling, congrats. Yeah, we say this, I've said this millions of times as well, but that stuff just, yes, it's, there's nothing more motivating than that.
well that and my crying child that's <laughs> like oh my gosh right let's let's get this course out there the feedback that we get on on a daily basis now pretty much um sometimes several times a day we get people responding to us like how much how much the course is working for them and yeah that makes it worth everything um beth uh just says also oh, beth actually has finished the um she's finished the foundation course so she's got through i gotta stop using that phrase got through it's fun guys she has completed um the foundation course which covers the most common 1000 words and all of you know how to use them uh, and all the different usages so it's actually probably like 1500 words if you count all the different usages and 600 common characters which covers approximately 80 percent of the chinese language by frequency it's 36 levels um takes it takes a I imagine it would have taken her at least a couple of hundred hours to do that um, maybe more uh, but she has got through and she's done it in two months oh including the pronunciation course as well she says I just finished the last lesson this morning so by the way after the foundation course you still have the intermediate course which is the same size so it's like <laughs> she's, she's finished half of our curriculum essentially I can't tell you how much finding this course has meant to me. I've learned more in the past two months than I think I did in the previous two and a half years that I was studying Chinese on my own using Duolingo, Rosetta Stone, etc. Don't just recognize words now. Now I can write them and read stories and it's marvelous. In all fairness though, I need to admit that due to COVID, I've had a lot more time for my studies than I did previously. However, I realized that even if I had had the same amount of available study time before I found your course, my old system was so boring and tedious that there was no way that I would have studied for hours every day. This course is really fun as well as effective. I told my husband this morning that I'm so excited for each new day because I really love my Chinese studies and my morning bike ride where I study my new words before practicing them on Anki. Progress really is a motivator. I still struggle with remembering some unlocked words some just don't seem as logical as others that's fair enough and finding connections can be hard but i will continue to study them until i have them down i will also be spending more time shadowing so i may not be tackling as many new words a day as i have been but that's okay i'm loving it all well maybe not loving learning grammar so i appreciate your low-key approach in how you teach it yeah i don't love grammar either i look forward to continuing on with the intermediate course Thanks, Luke and Phil, for such an engaging and effective learning method. Your course is is the amazing, <laughs> is amazing. Uh, thank you very much uh, there, Beth. Sounds like you've got a lovely habit going on. Bike ride in the morning, uh, you know, learning some Chinese, is it bettering yourself every single day. Sounds great. I'm, I'm so glad that it's made you that happy, and uh, I can't wait to hear what you have to say in once you've completed the intermediate course as well you did that in two months so you probably you could complete the complete the intermediate in the same time if you really pushed yourself very exciting to see very exciting indeed thank you so much next is william beeman who also gave us a lovely review but i'm not going to read that out here but uh, he did give us a lovely review on facebook thank you for that um new vocabulary unlocked for guole Thanks for these excellent ex explanations. The concepts expressed in the various uses of guo really do hang together semantically. So these are old videos. We've, these have come up a few times. Very old videos we did a while back for the Shanghaiist. And I really want to do more of them, but it's something that we want to we focus on certain more important things at the moment. Um, but 
it just it was just so fun to make them to break down a Chinese character. I think Phil talked about it in a recent podcast. It's so fun to talk about them that we call it the power of Chinese characters because really it is if you if you can understand how a character works, uh, it, it's genuinely very powerful. Uh, it it just it's, it it makes learning words much more efficient because if you understand how characters work and their different meanings, how they can be applied. You can sort of learn 10, 20, 50 words at one time because you, you, you see a pattern of words as, as opposed to learning each word individually. Uh, so if you want to look more into that, um, I, I highly recommend Outlier Chinese. They, they look into the etymology of characters. And I haven't taken the course myself, but I've seen what, some of what they do and uh, seen enough to recommend it. So if you really want, you're curious, uh, William or anyone else, you want to really delve deep into characters and you can't wait for us to put out the... <laughs> Uh, put out the content go ahead and check out outlier because they really do um, they do this if you want to understand that aspect of Chinese characters there's no one better okay so satisfy that curiosity there only when one sees the constellation I like that word of meanings constellation of meanings does this become clear what a useful word it can also almost be thought of as a prefix or suffix but I'm finding that it is true for so many words characters or morphemes and when one starts to break down characters into constituent graphic components, your vocabulary in English is better than mine, <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, the semantic depth is even more profound. This is such fun. I love that last bit. Yes, it is. Characters are a blast. Uh, next one here is from Igor Alenk on You Did It! Three exclamation marks. This is a congratulatory lesson from me and Phil after you complete the pronunciation mastery course which is about six hours long, eight hours if you include the bonus footage. It says, lol, I practically made all the mistakes pointed out by you guys when trying to learn Chinese. Started ignoring the characters and the pronunciation, yep. Tried to get as much vocab first and got, and got to a point where I have many sentences in my head but with the wrong pronunciation and without knowing the characters. I was about to give up when I found this course. Oh, that's, such, that's, that's brilliant. And could see in detail what I was doing wrong when it come when it comes to pronunciation. I'll keep reviewing the Anki cards and I look forward to do the entire MB course as soon as possible. Obrigado. Um, man, my Spanish sucks now. <laughs> I can't remember what that means. <laughs> I got a feeling it means thanks. Um, or maybe it's Italian. Thank you, Igor. Legend. Well done, mate. And uh, yeah, please, again, I'm really excited to hear what you have to say about the rest of the course. So keep us updated. Matthew Cobb on bonus, what will and won't make you fluent in Mandarin? So in this, I think in this uh, video, I mentioned this recently, it's like, if, I, if, I was a, if I sat down in front of Japanese TV for 10 years with zero foundation, it's very unlikely to make me any level of fluency or literacy because you need, the way you have to learn stuff, or the best way to learn something is to gradually build on what you already know. Stay within your sphere of knowledge. That's, that was, that's my point. Um, hence, comprehensible input is so important. So he says, watching Chinese films that I enjoy and trying to remember the subtitles while listening to the dialogue should help. Not sure if that counts as reading and listening to content I don't understand. Well, that's completely down to you. There are, I, if you are a beginner, I would not recommend spending a lot of time listening to native content right now because it's just you know if you get en enjoyment from it then do it but if you're doing it like i'm doing this in order to get better at chinese it's not going to benefit you hugely 
and I'm not saying you need to wait until you're like advanced or you need to finish our entire curriculum, but I'd say if you don't have much of a foundation yet, if you're a beginner, that's what you call yourself, focus on graded content. So graded readers, um, our course, of course, just keep, we've got lots of graded content. It's basically, it's based on, on, on uh, graded content and getting you to that point. Finish at least the foundation course and you know uh, maybe even the intermediate too. And then start to focus on lower level podcasts, content, listening content, reading content from other sources. I always recommend the same sources and, and uh, you know, Close Master is good as well. On top of the ones I use, Close Master is just more sentences uh, with close deletes built into them. Close with a Z, closemaster.com. Uh, Chinese pod, you know, pop up Chinese, you know, uh, link, L-I-N-G-Q.com. Um, that's for reading mainly and reading and listening rather together. Uh, what else is there? There's all sorts of ones. So there's all sorts of content. So, but the point is uh, just focus on the lower level stuff. Uh, and then every now and then s check in with some native level TV shows um, and see how much you're understanding and you'll, you'll, you'll see your understanding increase. Um, but just having Chinese on, even if it's above your level will help always. I'm just saying for efficiency, I'm all about efficiency, right? So it's best to, to listen and try to expose yourself to something that you have a chance of understanding the majority of, if you focus. Okay, so that's my general advice there. But keep going back though, regularly, like every week or month, like go and watch a TV show episode and keep it simple. Like as, keep it more like, so don't go for the, the, the guudai sort of uh, the introduce, you know, like the, the old timey Chinese uh, ones with like emperors and stuff, because they're always speaking higher level Chinese old it's tough for me to to understand so it's like um maybe maybe go back to uh just you know modern day or setting is the modern day chinese tv shows there's countless ones and that reminds me actually beth um beth who i mentioned earlier she asked me i, I recommended some tv show um and she said oh, what was that tv show you recommended it's all in white w w u l i n uh w a i Duan. Z H U A N. So Wu Lin Wei Zhuan. That's an example of like fairly modern day, up to date sort of Chinese, but with an ancient setting. But if you were looking for Chinese TV shows, I mean, just check out ITE. Dian Kam. ITE. So I believe that's A I like I like love. I love you in Chinese. Wo I ni. I A I T E Q I Y I. A-I-Q-I-Y-I, -I, I believe it's that spelling, .com. And it's, that's an example of one of the many TV apps that there are. And you might not be able to get that app, you might need a VPN, but you can at least watch directly online. You can stream a lot of the shows and you can pay using WeChat for a membership uh, as well, or Union Pay, I believe. Maybe normal credit cards as well, but you can get a lot of free TV shows by going to websites like that. All right, so sorry that was a bit sort of all over the place. I'm sort of winging this a little bit, as I usually do. But uh, yeah, that's my advice to you, Matthew. Let me know what you think about that. Uh, Michaela Ellison, make a movie for Tong. She said, uh, I'm new to this method and I thought it would be difficult for me, but I'm actually enjoying it. Yeah, that's the usual story. I studied for a month at a martial arts school where I met three memorable male students, all with C names. So that's how the method works, or part of the method. We, we, we attach, we ask you to choose people of various categories to attach them and, and attach them to the various initials that make up 
the, the first one or two letters of Chinese syllables. But I don't know any of them well individually. I'm wondering if it's okay to use all three of them, the three C's as the actor. For example, my movie for Tong in, uh, uses the kitchen dining yurt at a camp I visited in Mongolia. I'm eating at the table and notice two tents, one on the left smaller, each with an American flag sewn onto them. I walk the three C's who are told there are no more yurts available, but they can't use the tents. The short guy takes the small tent and the other American takes the larger one. The third guy is told his tent isn't ready because they didn't know where he was from. He's very annoyed. They didn't already uh, know he was from South Africa. That's what the meaning is. Tong means from. That's what we're trying to show visually in this scene. This fits his personality well. I feel this is a strong enough link to the keyword because of the flags, but I'm wondering if I will have problems in the future having three people for C, would it be best to always use all of them together? I thought I'd mentioned this on the podcast. Of course, I always reply. We always reply directly to people on the platform, but this would be useful for you guys on the course perhaps as well. Um, generally, this is what I would suggest. Do not choose. Um, if you're going to have multiple people for the same initial, that's fine if you, if you really want to, but interchange them. Don't try and force all three of them or two of them or five of them or whatever you're choosing into the into the thing um you can interchange people i wouldn't recommend it i don't just do it if you if you want because obviously it's just more things for your brain to remember and it's got enough on its mind already and i think uh, michaela agreed to do that uh instead of just having all three of them in the, in the scene every single time you know but it's certainly something you can do uh, matthew cobb on bonus stroke order <laughs> this is funny. So he says, does it really matter what order you draw the parts? <laughs> Not being obnoxious, just kind of obvious question. Yes, it does, unfortunately. Yeah, the, the, he's talking about stroke order. Uh, and uh, oh, please say write, write the components, not draw, because Chinese people don't like that. <laughs> um, so write the components in the right order. Yes, there is an, there is an order to the stroke order. Um, and it's a way, <laughs> the way I actually replied to him was, um, it 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 upgrade if you write using the correct spoke, uh, stroke order it upgrades your characters from laughable to legible that's what i just, i was quite proud of that little bit of alliteration there from laughable to legible and it's still not going to look amazing you're not going to be a calligrapher but people will be able to read them and they won't laugh at them like so there's like if you if you wrote with just a random stroke order you would get laughed at um and, and it wouldn't be readable in a lot of cases, especially if you're just starting out. It would just look odd at the, at the very least. So believe it or not, yes, the stroke order does matter. And it's not that tough either once you get used to the stroke order. Um, once you get into the method a bit more, you, you build up some characters. It's not that tough. Even though there are 12 rules, it sounds like a lot, but it's not too tough. This next one here is from Nacho. He says on the character for it's a word for dui as incorrect, but it's also used to mean at someone, to someone. So he says, so should we, so we should say that dui is when we're towards someone because we want to express, say something, and wang is when we're towards a place or moving towards a specific direction. That's correct. Yeah, so wang is in towards wang narazol, uh, wang narazol, like go, go that way, move towards that way. Wang um, shang. Wang xia, so go up, go down. But for dui, it's more like thinking about facing, facing towards them, but both uh, uh, literally and figuratively. 
oh, that wasn't meant, that wasn't directed at you. Um, so yes, well done, Nacho. So Matthew Hutchison has the next message here, and he says, Ji bu zhu is curious to me, as the negation comes after ji. That's something that he hasn't personally seen yet, or not enough to remember. Does this happen often? And the answer is yes, it's very, very common um, in both written Chinese and spoken Chinese. What this is, is a potential complement. That's the grammatical term for it. And it's only used with two characters, bu and de. And this, the function that they're serving is saying the verb, the first character, can be achieved or it can't be achieved. So let's start, let's go back one step and let's look at this word, ji bu zhu. Ji bu zhu literally means I cannot commit this thing to memory. And what is expressing the cannot do is the bu in the middle. But let's take away the bu for a second and let's just look at the word without the bu. The, the original word is ji zhu, which means to commit something to memory, to, to memorize something or remember something in that context. Ji zhu. So this is a very common structure of Chinese compound word where you have the verb at the beginning and then the result. They're called result complements. You have the verb and then the result. Uh, so the verb is to remember or to memorize. Ji, to note down, also means that. And then zhu is, it means reside, but it also has the function of fixed in place. Okay, successfully stuck there, not going anywhere. It's solid, it's reliable, it's, it's there, it's fixed. So you're saying, 记住,我记住了. Oh, yeah, I've I, I, I memorized this thing. Um, but you can separate these kinds of words, and you can put a bu or a de in between to say that this verb was achieved or this verb was not achieved, depending on whether it's bu or de. Okay, so let's look at a few more examples. I'll just show you on the screen here. So of course we have 记住 and 记不住. So 记不住 basically, it, 记住 is to commit something to memory. 记不住 is can't commit something to memory. Maybe because you're learning Chinese through traditional methods by rote learning. And it's, I can't seem to remember this thing. I keep writing a hundred times. Just can't remember it. But you could also say, I can remember this. I can memorize this thing. So when I use Anki or flashcards or Mandarin Blueprint, I can memorize this piece of information. Yay. Let's look at another example. Kandao. So can means to look and or see rather and dao is the result of that which basically means arrive but it's, it, it denotes in this word it's saying that successfully saw something. Can dao. So you can add a bu in the middle of there. It says can bu dao. Or you can add a de. Can de dao. And it means can't see this thing or can see respectively. Another really common one is ting dong. Ting dong ma. Listen is ting and dong is understand. Do you understand by listening to what I'm saying? So ting is the verb, I'm listening, and dong is the uh, result. I, I listened to you and I understood, yay. But you could separate that, put a bu, ting bu dong. I can't understand what you're saying. So if I go to France, I don't speak French, well, ting bu dong, tamashoshama. I don't understand what they're saying. Or, well, ting de dong, well, ting de dong, zhong wen because I learned Chinese, I can understand Chinese. So it's the bu and the de. So keep an eye out for that. And luckily it's only the bu and the de, right? So yes, that's all you have to worry about. And you can experiment with all, if you, if you ever see a word that is a result, uh, a verb result kind of compound word, you can apply this 
this this technique to them. You can make it a potential compliment. Okay. All right. So let's move on to the uh, next one here from Christopher. He says, general question about Biakula. So don't cry. La. Right. So the la is stop crying. You were crying. Please stop. Right. So ch make that change. That's what la does. Can I assume this is a versatile construction? I know that beer is a command to stop doing something, which implies that if you are doing it now and you stop, that will be a change, correct? So does this work for most verbs? Beer pabula, beer handla, etc. Yes, this is another example of someone. I love this. This is some example of someone seeing Chinese, reading it, understanding it. And then being like, oh, hang on, does it work this way? So instead of the opposite way, which is the way we usually learn languages in school, where you learn how it works first, and then you go and read eventually at some point, um, by which point you've forgotten the rule anyway. <laughs> so I love seeing this. And yes, you are correct, Christopher. Um, it's This is called a click. So that's clicking for Christopher. All right, so that's all the messages we've had this week. Let's jump into the movies. We've got several this week all uh, pretty cool. So let's start with George Laura. So this is a movie for the character Hong, which means red. Let's see how he how George uh, learned this one. Heino, famous country singer from 70th century, I assume you mean in Germany stands completely lost in the kitchen of my ONG set. He never was into homework. First, he has to glaze his brand new red silk kimono. Glaze. I'm not sure what glaze means. Do you mean iron? Um, I'm not sure. I'm not. I'm not into. I don't know about textiles and stuff. But um, so I'm not following that exactly. But the the important thing that is that George does. Uh, he thinks hard, which tool he can use. Finally, he takes one of the eye beams laying around. Good choice. All wrinkles are gone after this treatment. So yeah, I imagine it's something like pressing or ironing is what you meant. Um, that's fantastic. Very very uh, straightforward. Simple. Gets the point. So obviously the, the left side component, the silk component, is the silk kimono. And the I-beam is the big I-shape <laughs> component. Very straightforward. I, and I, George knows that I'm a big fan of those those kinds of scenes. Gregory Savage, and it's a word for win. Um, this was great. I actually heard this. Like I was reading this earlier, and I, I just heard it in the Winnie the Pooh voice. So he says, Winnie the Pooh is on... En is in the En set behind Ten Downing Street door. Um, uh, so the Rolling Stones mouth opens the door and asks Winnie a question. So go got the mouth is the center component and the Downing Street door. This is the, if you're not familiar with British politics, which many of you won't be. That is where the it's like the White House. This is where it's where our Prime Minister lives. Ten Downing Street in London. It's a very famous door. Everyone knows what it looks like. Uh, so he opens the door and asks Winnie a question. Winnie replies, I don't answer questions. I'm a befuddled bear at the best of times. So I don't know about you, but I was when I was reading this, it just for me it just I was reading it in the Winnie the Pooh voice, which sort of adds that audio aspect to the scene for me straight away. Uh, there's not much reference to the the question being asked, because obviously the, the meaning is question. So it would be nice to see some description of how you're showing that visually, like specifically a question, not just words and a mouth moving, but a question. So maybe you see Winnie the Pooh, like put his, he's like, ah, and he's, he's putting his hand on his chin, like as you would when you're thinking about the answer to a question you were just asked. That could be something like, I'm just, uh, just an idea, but 
it's it, the character used in this is so strong and i love that line that you put in the end i think that would be more than enough uh bell hermawan on make a movie for bien bien that means uh which means flat right yes so i hadn't seen that character in a, in a while for some reason um billy eilish has been gifted the enchanted rose from beauty and the beast which is protected by its glass cover hmm the bank is in the main room of the learning center, the AN set. She goes up to the teller and says she wants to deposit the treasure. However, when she tries to hand it over, the glass case is too tall to fit through the opening in the teller window. The teller says, lie flat. So Billy lies down on the floor while still holding the glass case. The teller waves her hand and says, no, I meant lay the glass, <laughs> lay the glass case, case, case flat so you can fit it through the gap sideways. So this is very funny. It's a very hilarious misunderstanding and a little bit of humor added in here. I like it. Um, yeah, again, you've ticked all the boxes. It would be nice, though, to, again, to... <laughs> sorry, I'm just really... That sounds really passive-aggressive, doesn't it? It's like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's fine, but it would be nice if you... <laughs> sorry if I'm coming across like that. I'm just saying that I'd, I always like to add a little... If you want it, you know, for, for other people listening, add in a little extra, extra thing there. Um, actually showing something being flattened so lying flat is is all right but maybe actually squish something actually show flat and then send it through so i make like obviously you've got a huge bell bell shaped uh rose jar i remember that from the, the film i think that's what it is and you've got this flat deposit box it's like, oh how's this going to fit and then the, the bank teller just just squishes it and puts it in there and lays it flat because laying down is not necessarily the idea of flat necessarily. It's just a way of describing laying down. So, but yeah, that's if I was gonna. I, I like to be, you know, like to be a little bit picky sometimes. But uh, overall, again, that will work. But just if you want to add that little aspect to it. Uh, next one is uh, Deborah Driscoll on Make a Movie for Mal. Uh, my brother-in-law Mark is standing outside my AO set front door watching an unidentified animal running around in the rice fields, that's the rice component, or the, the field component rather, the bottom right of the character, the rice fields that happen to be growing across the road. At first he thinks it is a giant panda left side component, but as he watches the animal leaps forward through a rose bush and lands on his lap with a rose still stuck to it, that's the top component, well done. Of course he now recognizes it's a cat as it curls up and purrs at him. <laughs> a little cat icon in there in the in the uh in the description lovely well done deborah that's, that's really again deborah's uh hit it out of the park again there's nothing really hit it's just it ticks all the boxes so well done um well done deborah well done everyone else and thank you again for sharing with us uh thanks for all the reviews you sent in this week we've got our facebook and google reviews are building up wonderfully um and uh thank you to everyone who sent in a message an email this week we love receiving them please send in more uh, let us know what you think about the course. Um, if you need any help, get in touch at uh, contact at mandarinblueprint.com or even better, the MB community, which is all in your course libraries if you're on the course. Uh, so that's our private forum. And not only will you get an answer from me and Phil, but you also possibly get answers from some of the many other people on the course. So uh, Thanks again, guys. And I look forward to seeing you in another two weeks. Bye-bye.